First Class Fatherhood. That is where Alec Lace comes in with his popular podcast. And one of the most interesting was on a podcast. Alec Lace interviews high-profile fathers from actors to NFL players with a vision to change the narrative of fatherhood and family life. Welcome, everybody, to episode 645 of First Class Fatherhood, a family-made media podcast. And I have got a special treat for you guys today. Lior Souchard joins me on the podcast here all the way from Tel Aviv over in Israel. He is a mentalist, the winner of the Israeli reality show The Successor back in 2005. So pumped up to have him on the podcast today. He is such a talented guy. You've seen him. He's been everywhere on The Tonight Show with Jay Leno, Good Morning America, The Late Show with James Corden, where he absolutely freaked out one of the other guests, Harry Connick Jr., who ended up leaving the stage twice. Uh, He really just memorizes the crowd, also does it to the other people that are on the stage with him. You've seen him on live with Kelly and Ryan, The Ellen DeGeneres Show. He really just stuns audiences. To be a mentalist is something uh, that's very rare that you see these guys that do it, because number one... You have to be able to pull it off, but number two, you got to be a showman while you do it. And Lior Souchard is definitely a showman. He's got a great way of connecting with the audience, with the crowd. He actually he pulls a trick on me at the end of this interview. You guys got to check it out. Lior Souchard will be here with me in just a few minutes, so please stick around for the interview. And today's interview with Lior Souchard was recorded on video and is available for you guys to watch on my YouTube video. I highly recommend you do. It'll definitely make the trick that he pulls on me hit a little bit better if you watch it on the YouTube channel. So get over there, uh, hit the link in the description of today's podcast episode, and subscribe to First Class Fatherhood over on YouTube. All right, if you guys enjoy this interview that I did, you got to flip it all the way back. I also had uh, a mentalist named Oz Perlman on the podcast. You may remember him. Uh, from America's Got Talent. He also got me very good on the podcast. Go back and check out my interview with Oz Perlman. Okay, and you guys have heard me talking about the newsletter from Family Made Media. I hope you guys have checked it out. Get over to news.familymade.com. Just put in your email address and you will subscribe to the newsletter, which is always educational and entertaining. And if you've already subscribed to the newsletter, take the next step. Olympic gold medalist Sean Johnson and her husband, Andrew East, former NFL player, they would love to hear from you. They'd love to hear your input. Subscribe to the newsletter. You're going to get all this info, but you could also submit a question for them. Tell them what type of content you want to see in the next newsletter. Get involved. It's really what makes the newsletter work great. It's always awesome to get family-centered content hitting your inbox at least twice a week. And that's what you get from the Family Made newsletter. It hits every Monday and Friday. So get over to news.familymade.com, put in your email, and boom, you are locked in. All right, and be sure you follow me on Instagram at Alec on the School Ace for all the upcoming guest announcements. And as always, please help me spread the word about this podcast every father in your neighborhood or in your contact list and let them know about the show that's here celebrating fatherhood and family life. And you know it, Father's Day is every day right here on the podcast. Lior Souchard joins me on the podcast straight ahead on First Class Fatherhood. Joining me now, First Class Father, Lior Souchard. Welcome to First Class Fatherhood. Uh, Thank you for inviting me. It's a pleasure. Well, it's an honor to have you here. Let's start like this. How many kids do you have? How old are they? I have three kids. One, my oldest one is eight and a half years old, boy, six and a half years old, girl, and one and a half years old, girl. So one boy, two girls. You're going to try to even the score there with another one you all done over there. Well, if it's a, I got an ultimatum, but we'll see. 
We'll see. All right. Well, if you could, Lior, please take a second here to hit my listeners with a little bit about your background and what you do. So I'm considered to be a master mentalist. A mentalist is someone who uses uh, as a performances his five senses to create the experience of a sixth sense. And I've been traveling over uh, 60, 70 countries all over the world um, with uh, my art of astonishment. Amazing, amazing uh, uh, feats that, you know, defies reality. I'm uh, reading people. Um, I influence people, I hypnotize people, I do lots of crazy things. I've done it all over the world in many, many talk shows that you probably have seen. And it's always uh, fun to get the reactions and um, people are blown away from from the special acts. Yeah, blown away is right. I'm fascinated by what you do. I've seen so much of your work. It's incredible. I'm going to get on that and more touch on that in just a second here. But uh, take me back. I know you said about eight and a half years old. So take me back to the beginning of your fatherhood journey that about how old were you when you became a dad? And how did that experience change your perspective on life? But this will expose my age. You know that. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, yeah. So I was uh, I was 31 and a half. Oh, my God. Uh, yeah, so I was 31 and a half and I was married for um, two years, two years, I think, before we did it. And it was a crazy decision. And of course, we wanted it. And um, me and my wife we were very, how do you say, like chi- childlike, you know, we were like having fun, traveling all over, all of a sudden, it's like something that, okay, we can do whatever we want right now. We have a little baby. So, uh, so it was very, very challenging, but we got the, the concept really, really fast. Uh, we are, you know, as I always say to my friends, the, the, the children are a mirror of their parents, right? And so we always try to be very calm and relaxed and not go panicking. Like today, I was talking about uh, uh, the rule of the dragon. Do you know what the rule of the dragon? The rule of the dragon? Yes, I'm doing a scoop. It's a scoop. The rule of the dragon for parenthood. The rule of the dragon means that, let's say that a biscuit or food or something falls on the floor. Uh, you can you can use it. You can pick it up until a dragon comes by. That's it. That's the rule. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, we, we have the five-second rule over here. Like, if it hits a... So, if it's it's so, similar so, there. So this is, this is for more advanced parenthood because the rule of the dragon means... It until a dragon, forever. Uh, uh, no, not forever. I didn't say forever. I said until a dragon will come. If a dragon doesn't come, you can still take it and eat it and do it. So, so it's fine. Uh, but we're trying to be very relaxed, and it affected the children. We took them abroad with us. We were we flew to when he was like three months. He was in Europe with me, touring a little bit. We were in Australia. We were in New York when he was like four months. You know, so he's used to it. He used the flights. He used he used to adventures and we take we try to take it very lightly and we see that it affects it also very cool and uh, that was my little mentalist trick to get you to admit your age there i tried to influence you there to, to give, give up exactly. the age exactly but uh, listen obviously uh it, it, it's so crazy what you do now i i knew i think believe you had some military background right uh, what, what was yeah. the transition for you to discover this talent that you had when did this first happen that you realized you had the ability or where where did you learn? When did it first hit you that, hey, this is something I could do for even a living? Like, uh, how did that all come about? So for the first, for your first uh, mention, in Israel, it's mandatory to join the army from age 18 to 21, three years for guys and two years for girls. And it's very, very exciting. 
uh, I was in the Air Force in the anti anti aircraft anti aircraft missile systems and intelligence. So it's very very fascinating. It's like a combination of combat and technology. Uh, when I was about ten years old, I used to play with. I, you cannot see it, but I've got like a, tons of Rubik's cubes here behind me. I've got like, like a wall of Rubik's cubes. And I used to play with the Rubik's cube and, and learned to solve it and uh, taught myself how to do it with one hand and how behind the back and memorize it. And I loved riddles and I loved the mind tricks and brain tricks, you know, uh, like fast thinking, creative thing. Like, uh, let's say that, uh, Alec, let's say you are in a race and you just passed the second place. Which place are you now? Uh, first place. Exactly. But you are wrong. Uh, and I think many people are wrong also because if you just passed second place, you are now in second place. The first place is in front of you. So those kind of uh, trick questions and now people that are listening to us are saying like, oh, ooh, ooh, or I knew it, I didn't know it. But it also helped that I looked at you and, and I did this. You just passed the second place. I did this. It gives you the association of first. Um, so... I love those riddles. I love to do like mind games and I invented concepts. So I was learning the body language reading and nonverbal communication and I read books about NLP and influencing and hypnotics, but I invented my own methods combining with my love to perform, show off my tricks to the people. And I, and that's me. Uh, so since I was 10 years old and uh, uh, you ask making a living out of it, making a living, it's the, it's it's uh, it's not the best part of it. I mean, first of all, I love it. It's fun for for me. You know, I'm, I'm finishing a show for five thousand people, and I can't believe someone got gave me money to do the, to do the things. So it still amazes me. Yeah, it's awesome when you get a chance to use your talents and make the make it your primary source of income. But uh, Leo, what what you're doing too? I mean, it could be very dangerous what you're doing, and I would argue that like. Most of these uh, media companies, uh, uh, companies that are using ad revenue, stuff like that, they're using similar technology or similar uh, stuff like this to influence buyers, to influence customers. I would think that what you're doing, it can be used to amaze people and astonish people and be entertaining. But I would think uh, th this could also be used to influence people in the wrong way, no? True. So, so I use it to entertain people. And I also use what's called the infotainment and edutainment, which means combining the fun and entertainment with some motivational things, with some uh, inspirational things that people can take home with them. Uh, I always do positive things. I always, I, I never deal with negativity. I try to, to look at the positive things uh, all the time. And that's what I do in my performances. I, there's many, many ad advertisers and commercials that I'm using some of the techniques to influence people because they want you to buy, 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 and they need to sell, sell, sell. But for me, the most important thing is the experience and what you take from it. So it's not about selling or buying. It's not a product. It's an experience. Do you, do you use this on your kids? Like if you want to have something for, for dinner tonight, if you want chicken tonight, you want your kids to no. eat? Like my kids, no. if I have Brussels yes. sprouts, they go nuts. Is there a way I could be like, hey, and they'd be like, hey, dad, I want Brussels sprouts. You know what I mean? Does it work with the kids? No, that's, that's the paradox. Uh, the paradox is, you know, I'm in, in, in Israel, I'm the, I'm the face of, uh, of a car brand, of a, a big uh, car brand in Israel. Um, and we did a commercial that, that you see me driving the car, like a cool shot of me driving the car and uh, hurrying to pick my boy from uh, kindergarten. And I'm going and I'm stopping and I'm leaving. And I see the, my, uh, the, kindergarten teacher holding the hands of my boy, my, my kid, uh, angry face. And I'm there, like I made it. 
And she's looking at me and says, Lior, what number am I thinking of? And I'm looking at her smiling with my mentalist face and I said, are you thinking of number four? And she, she responds, correct. Not 410, not 415, four. Like the, I was late to, to pick him up. <laughs> so my biggest paradox is in the show, I, I, I do crazy stuff. I remember the names of 100 people in the audience. I predict stuff. I read people's minds. I influence their thoughts. I do crazy things. But then I come back home and I forgot who do, which school is, is it now? Did he move? The, you know, <laughs> like, like, what's going on here? Uh, and I forget things and I'm clumsy and I'm modest and I'm trying to, and I'm a normal person. So this is my, <laughs> uh, my, my Superman Clark Kent syndrome. Yeah, I would imagine so. I, I would guess too. I mean, as your kids get older they, and their friends would come over and they want you to start doing all this stuff. Hey, you know, try to read our minds. I would guess that would become a, a popular thing for them to do with their friends. But get, get them, go ahead if you wanted to speak. By the way, I, I don't know. It might be a popular thing. Oh, my dad is famous. He's a mind reader. Or dad, please stop with the, the stuff. Let, let us <laughs> play. You know, maybe, maybe, maybe it would be very embarrassing <laughs> to them. Who knows? Yeah, the pendulum could swing either way on that. So it exactly. must to be seen. But bringing it back into you as a dad there, what would you consider to be the top values, Lior, that you hope to instill in your kids growing up? Um, the biggest value for me is, uh, first of all, modesty, uh, you know, legs on the ground, no matter the success, no matter the failure, no matter what's happening. And, and really to try to be, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a big believer and I preach about creative thinking about whatever you think first to answer or to respond or to do. There, there's usually more ways, more creative ways to do it, better ways to do it. Think about things from a different perspective. Uh, everybody, everybody's saying, think outside the box. Think outside, it's a famous uh, phrase. I say, you think outside the box, you just build a new box next to the first box. So I say, think between the boxes, between the boxes, think completely out of the box. So I will encourage them to create a thinking and to be modest and um, yeah, and to do what they love to do. Yeah, I, lo I love that. What about as far as discipline goes? Are you like a philosophical disciplinarian there with the kids? Or are, you, are you a physical, a spanker, timeout guy? What type of disciplinarian only, are you as a only, dad? And is that different? And is only, that <laughs> only punches? Only pu no, <laughs> <laughs> don't pull any punches. But it, it, and is that all different than the discipline style you grew up with? By the way, you know they used to be like punches and stuff. I'm not talking about me now. If you raise a hand, your kid will call the police. Right? <laughs> this yeah. is what's going to happen, or will sue you, or something like that. This is stuff happening. No, I mean it's uh, it's 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 something completely different. But what that how I was right. My my father was a was a very big educational person. And he was very strict in a good way. And of course, you know, we can criticize our parents, but it's a different time. It's a different concept. I mean, I love him and I respect him and, and I thank him a lot for having a, a lot of, uh, of the education that he gave me, how to behave and how to be myself. Uh, but it used to be different. Uh, now, I, th I think it's what you described, like philo philosophical. For me, the most important thing is the explanation. So if you want to, if you want to explain something to them, uh, you need to invest in the explanation. And I'll give you, uh, I'll give you a little anecdote, like a, something really, really amazing. Uh, when my firstborn was two years old, and that was the the, the time of his raising, and he's like, "Dad, pick me up. I want to." And I'm like, "I can't pick you up all the time, you know." And I'm taking it from from kindergarten, and I got this tip from a good friend of mine. Uh, her name is Dorit, and she's like a 
a child guru. And she, she told me, invest in the explanation. And I sat with him one day and I told him, what is this? It's a muscle. Can you say muscle? Muscle. All right. Do you know what are the muscles? And I, and I did him like, I think like a five minutes monologue about muscles and about his muscles and my muscles. And I know it sounds uh, or looks a little stupid right now, but hear me out. So I explained, I think, hold the, hold the stone. Can you hold the stone more? And I show him how we cannot pick it up. And some things are lighter and the muscles are helping to pick them up. And I'm talking about the muscles. Blah, blah. And at the end of the day, I explained to him that I cannot lift him all the time and he needs to walk with me. The, the two years old boy understood everything, everything, and walked with me hand by hand since then. Wow. And that, that, that was a wow. That was a moment that you were like, what did I just do, right? Like something happened. So invest in the explanation. Explain the concept. Explain what's happening. When he was afraid from flying at the beginning, I explained to him about the gravity laws and why a plane lifts up and look at the engine. And I got into small details. He understood it. He got the concept. He understand why it makes such a noise. He understand why he feels in the ears. He understand it. And you know, you simplify things, but they understand everything. And if you yeah. invest in the explanation, it works. I, I love that. And I think sometimes too, we come, everybody comes at, at life from a different point of view. And sometimes we're looking at it and we don't get why our kids don't get it. And, it, and we just assume that they're going to understand what it is we're talking about. Sometimes I catch myself going on these philosophical rants and they are looking at me like, I have no idea what I'm even talking about. So uh, it, it does help to, to lead them in the path of the direction of the explanation. And, and I think obviously that could be very helpful. It's true. You need to invest in the explanation. Just remember this. If you want to explain something, usually we don't have time. We're always thinking. Just stop for a second. It's going to be worth it. Those 10 minutes of explanation will worth a lot of, a lot of, a lot of things for you. Yeah. And I think in the beginning of that, what you said is very true too, that so many times we, we compare today to what people were doing years ago. Like my father was 50 when he had me, he was born in 1930. And the way that they raised kids then was drastically different than the way that they do now. And we always kind of compare and think that, well, if I was there, I wouldn't have done it the way he did it. It's almost kind of yeah. like how we try to compare like uh, Muhammad Ali to fighters today, or, or we try to compare sports of, of baseball guys today to Babe Ruth. And it's just, it's incomparable. And I think sometimes we, we limit ourselves. We try to compare ourselves to the past or what people did and prevent take, that from moving yeah, on. You take the you take the good things and you take the negative things. You take you know you try to you know to play with it. Yeah. How about as far I, I had a, a while back, I did an interview with uh, Oz Perlman. He's another mentalist guy that he was on yeah. uh, that, that show America's Got Talent, something like that. Yeah. Uh, do, do you know Oz or who were like the? Yeah, yeah, the yeah. We're, like, we're friends. We are friends. We're colleagues. We're friends. Yeah, yeah. I would imagine so. Are, I, I, there can't be that many people in the space that are dominating it the way you not guys at all. are. So. Not at all. There's was like there any people. like, was there any like one person that influenced you at the beginning of this where it was like, oh, okay, like, no, was there like a, no, a favorite was, guy was, you saw do it? It was me against me. It was me. I always look at my way. I never look to the sides. And what, what advice do you have for parents who, who watch this kind of stuff that have kids that are interested in either doing you know, I know this is a little different than magic, but, you know, yes. interested in doing like a mentalist or a magic kind of thing, which way would you tell the parents? Oh, it's, to very, kind of very the kids? it's very fascinating. I have a, I have a bad answer for you. Uh, most people in the world will fail to do what they love to do, unfortunately. Um, on every successful guitar player, on, on every successful Michael Jordan, LeBron James, there's 
millions are not successful who wants to be that um you need to you need to, i know i know it sounds cliche but you really need to not give up and just you know look straight and go to your to your goal and and, and don't give up and you have to be good you have to be good yeah and i would argue too that influence plays a lot to do with that like people that, that do give sure. up on these things and we're forced into these things of working for money instead of working for joy and for pleasure. And when we find that love that we have, it will bring the income in if we stick with it long enough. But I think we're so yeah. forced by society to just get any job. Yeah. Well, you know, what's interesting. We were like, when you're a kid, parents and teachers, they kind of, what do you want to be when you grow up? You could be anything. You could do anything you want. You could be anything you want. And then there's a certain point where all of a sudden it's like, Hey, just take any job you can get. Just just go do anything you can to make money. And there's some kind of shift that happens at some point where we kind of give up on those dreams and just do whatever we can for money. I, I agree. I agree. But uh, there's lots of challenges in life, you know, uh, and you need to adapt to the situations and you need to be, cre- again, going back to what I told you in the beginning, you need to be creative. You need to be creative. Yeah, one other thing I'm curious about, too, is because I talk about it on this show all the time is our fatherless crisis. We have so many kids growing up without a father in the home in the United States. We leave the world in fatherless households, and it's really crushing our society. It's really responsible for so much of the nonsense we're seeing going on over here. What is it like for you guys over there uh, in Israel? Is it similar to that? What is it like over there? In, um, no, I mean, Israel, Israel is a very small country, and we have only nine million population in entire Israel and Israel is in the size of New Jersey basically that's the where whole, I am right now yeah the whole, you see I knew it <laughs> <laughs> and and it's a very small country but you know it's the whole media all over it for good and bad and lots of lots of things talking about it I live in Tel Aviv in a central city it's like the Manhattan of, of Israel and in my neighborhood it's a quiet neighborhood we had lots of lots of um, like uh Startup people, founders, lots of the people with three, like me, like three small kids, two small kids. You know, these are like the, the people where we are right. We live very close to the to our uh, park. You know, uh, like um, Central Park to our Central Park. Uh, and I mean, you hear here and there, but I don't think there's a lot of. Uh, uh negative negative situation like this like a uh, fatherless I, I i mean it's everywhere of course of course doesn't escape anyone but um this is a very young neighborhood so not not yet yeah it, it's an epidemic over here i can tell you that much but uh uh last thing i want to hit you with here i love to ask all the dads that i get on the pocket well you know what, before i hit that what's next for you what kind of i didn't ask you what kind of gigs you got coming up what kind of events what, what's next well, what can we expect to see next from you well, I fly all over the place. I fly every, you know, I, I just came back from Mexico. Friday, I'm in uh, in Italy. Then I have Singapore. I have London. I'm flying back, going to Tokyo. I, I'm a big traveler. I do lots of uh, corporate events. I do lots of private events. Uh, you know, I see this visual of us. I, it reminds me of the of the pandemic when we I could not meet people. And I used to do those Zoom calls. And I needed to have a way to influence people. You know, you know, if if we're talking about, uh, do you play cards, Alec, at all? Yeah, like uh, you know, like like playing cards. So you know how some people think of, you know, statistically, if you ask a woman to think of a card, women will usually think like the Queen of Hearts. It's like a very common card, and men will think of the Ace of Spades. Uh, but uh, 
so I had, I had the idea for example, if I hold it like I, I'm, I'm going to hold it like this. Uh, if you had to name a card, which card, which card would you name? Anyone doesn't matter. Queen of Hearts. No, I already said the Queen of Hearts. Ah, man, name. I was going to try to see if I can pull a fast one on you. Okay, uh, uh, two of diamonds. So that that's a fair choice, right? It's a fair choice, right? So here I want to show you because it's very it's very cool. If I, if I go through the cards like this, you notice there's one turned over. Can you see it? Yeah, only yep. one. I got a feeling I know which one it is. <laughs> very strange. It's very very yep. strange. <laughs> very, very good. Strange. So yeah, so I developed those systems to influence people through the screen and to think about things. So it's pretty amazing when it happens through the screen to you. Wow, amazing. Yeah, I know you got to watch what you're doing too because I know so many of the things you do, I've seen you do them on, on live TV, stuff like that. So yeah. people are going to be rewinding the tape, trying to fast forward it, see if they can spot it, you know. So sure. do you do that? Yeah. Are you on TikTok? Are you doing stuff like this on TikTok I'm on, and social? I'm on, I'm on TikTok. I have lots of cool videos over there. Uh, some stuff like new stuff that I did specifically for TikTok, some of the stuff that I cut the, the elements from the from my talk shows all over the world, from TV shows, from specials. And uh, you should watch it. It's very, very cool. Just very punch cool. my name on TikTok or Instagram. You'll see it. It's very cool. Yeah, very cool. Yeah, I'm going to check it out. I'm going to put the links to your socials in the description of this podcast episode so very we can all so check much. it out. And then the last thing I want to hit you with, I'd love to ask all the dads that get on the podcast, what type of advice do you have for that new dad or for that about-to-be father who's out there listening? Um. Don't be stressed. You're not the first one and you're not the last one. There are many, many before you and many, many after you. Remember the rule of the dragon. <laughs> Again, in the beginning, the first dad, the firstborn. How many kids do you have, Alec? Four. Four. Wow. So you have an advantage. So you know what I'm talking about. The first one, you go, you go crazy. You buy, you go to the stores, you buy everything. Everything. The pacifier falls down, you immediately sterilize it. You 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 go crazy, right? Yep. The second one, you understand? Okay, you don't need to buy all those stuff, right? The third one, you go like it's working, it's okay. Just give him give him warmth and compassion and love uh, your child and, and and educate them and bring them love and protect them, and that's all you need. You don't need the special devices and all the stuff. That's my advice. Yeah, well said. I love the message. It's been a lot of fun for me. You're a first-class father all the way. Thank you so much for giving me a few minutes of your time here on First Class Fatherhood. Thank you so much, Alec. And uh, I always say to what I finish any interview or show, I say always think positive thoughts because you can never know who might be reading them. You have been listening to First Class Fatherhood. First Class Fatherhood is a family-made media podcast. Please visit www.firstclassfatherhood.com or www.familymade.com to find out more details. You can order First Class Fatherhood advice and wisdom from high-profile dads on Amazon.com or wherever books are sold. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. Proverbs 22.6 tells us, train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will never depart from it. God bless, and I'll catch you next time.